A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. We have a lot of fun stuff to cover. We're going to talk about yeah. lessons that I learned on vacation, and we're going to apply that to home improvement stuff, and I think that's going to be fun. But if that doesn't sound like fun, you should still you, hang out, yeah. because at the very end, we have something really exciting, like well, really, truly, universally But what I'm talking about exciting. is truly exciting, Haley. I'm really confused that you yeah. would downplay my lessons from no, vacation. that's exciting, too. But maybe not as exciting as giving away the $1,500 worth of stuff. Yeah. Biggest thing we've done, right? Right. This is our biggest prize, so. Yeah, and that's coming up at the end of the show. We'll tell you how the contest works coming up. But right now, let's talk about those lessons I learned on vacation. Yes. Because they apply to home improvement stuff. They do. And some of it's really a stretch, but I think it's fun. They're fun. They're like DIY parables. Yeah, DIY parables. Yeah. And so the very first parable, DIY parable I have, the lesson that I learned on vacation, is that the boat ride to Mackinac Island, which mm-hmm. is where we went, the boat ride, the ferry ride, is way more fun, way more fun. I cannot stress how much more fun when you don't sit next to the kid who gets seasick. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We have traveled to the island multiple years, and my daughter Madison always gets seasick. No matter what she does. Like the first the bracelet. Oh, she does drumming. everything. Everything. We sing to her. We rock her back and forth ahead of that time to get her used to it. Nothing seems to help. <laughs> and she instantly goes green once we start going. And this year was no different. The only thing different this year is that we were actually packed into the boat with tons more people than oh, normal. That's, so we're yeah. yeah, shoulder to shoulder, shoulder edged, wedged in really tight. And instantly we watch her face go green. Oof. And so the rest of the ride is us all panicking. Yeah, it's very stressful. Because yeah, if she pukes, if she does, I'm gonna puke. Oh my goodness! The number dominoes. of people that's gonna ha- it's gonna wreck everybody's vacation. Yeah, and they're gonna recognize us yeah. because we probably don't have enough clothes on the island to. Well, and you're gonna be wearing change. a Rapcolate oh, oh, shirt. Oh my goodness! They'll yeah. find us on the radio and leave comments. Right. So stressful <laughs> watching her all the way to the island. All right. Every year we do this. I don't enjoy that boat ride at all. Well, on the way back this time, I remembered it. For the first time ever, I remembered it. <laughs> she gets seasick. And so as we're going onto the the little ferry, I said, Maddie, do you, do you think maybe sitting up on top on the deck, the open deck with all that open air blowing over your face, is that going to help you? She said, maybe. We should try. She went up. The other kids started to follow. I grabbed him. I said, we're going down below. Because if she blows up there, at least we're not with her. Oh, you're a terrible person. I know, but I loved that boat ride. (laughs) It was so much fun. I was kicking back. I was having fun. I figured worst case scenario, I see something coming down the windows. I don't know who that kid was. As long as we can avoid her on the docks, (laughs) we're good. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, how in the world does that apply to home improvement? Well, the way I would say it is this. Some people are cut out for boat rides Mm -hmm. and some people aren't. Riding with the people that aren't, it's not much fun. No, it's Some not. Some people are cut out for projects. They have the know-how. They have the desire. They have all of those things. They're excited about it, whatever. And some people just aren't any of those things. They're not excited. They don't have the know-how. They don't want to learn it. Right. And I'm thinking about spouses particularly. Yeah. I can think of some certain situations that I've been in with Jordan. And there are projects that I've done before 
And now that we're in a house together, you know, I feel like we should share the project. Like it's our project, right? right? You don't want him sitting there eating Cheetos or something while you're working. Exactly. So you try to crack the whip and make them work. But then the results, the it's resu- very stressful because it's he doesn't really know bad. how to do the thing that I'm doing. And then I'm stopping always and trying to correct. And then that, co- you know, it's no, just not I fun. completely <laughs> get it. Or you've got the people who just don't see the vision. I don't know how many times. In fact, I would say it's it's maybe not most, but it's a lot of the time where it's one person who's the driving force mm-hmm. behind this change. Sure, yeah. You know, I know mom was that way at home. That was always, oh, she wants to get this room updated. And it didn't matter to dad. Yeah. And mom could get all excited about it and try to get dad excited. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. And all that does is create stress because now you're frustrated. That person's not as involved as they should be. They're not right. as energized. They're not. Why aren't they excited for this? Don't involve them. Not everybody is cut out for everything. You know, find a friend that you can work with or a family member. You did this with your wallpaper project for this reason. For this exact reason. I knew that, you know, Jordan was excited for the wallpaper, but I knew that I would not be doing very well Mm stress-wise because it was my first time doing it and it was going to be his first time doing it. And when I'm stressed out, he gets stressed out. And then we're both stressed working on a project and it's not going to be fun. Not for anybody. Not for anyone. But my mom had done some, you know, years and years ago. So I said, why don't you come over? I'll work with you and we can do this project together. And it went so much better. Now, I know we're kind of making a joke, but really it's super serious in a sense. And it's certainly true, really true, that you can have a lot more fun with your project, a lot better results, a lot better atmosphere in the home as you work through a project. If you don't try to force somebody into it, you know, sitting there and telling my daughter, don't get seasick. Or do you feel better now? How about now? How about now? (laughs) None of that helps. You can't make it happen. No. You just have to work with what you've got and make adjustments. Ride in the lower deck. Yeah. It's way better. All right. Second lesson that I learned is that if you're going to go wandering through the woods looking for all kinds of flora and fauna to bring back, make sure somebody is with you who knows which flora and fauna are poison oak, poison ivy, poison sumac, (laughs) and all of those other poison things. You don't want to wander into that stuff yeah, that's and be a good covered one. with stuff that wrecks your entire I, that's vacation. That's going to be the entire vacation, yeah. Thankfully, we went with my older son, Caleb, and he's aware of all of that. Sadly, Caleb's also really likes to joke, and so every time we touched anything, he would inform us it was poison ivy, poison oak, and that led to its own level of stress. That's very funny, though. But overall, we, <laughs> we knew what to avoid. Now, how in the world does that apply to home improvement stuff? Well, I think the argument can be made that when you're in a project or jumping into a project, you need to talk to the experts. You need to find people who know the the landscape, the lay of the land yes. and how things work. And we're here to help with that at Repcolite, at Port City Paints. We're available almost all the time. You can call the stores. You can go online. Send us emails right. to info at repcolite.com. Well, and we have the online chat, too. We've got a real person on the other end that's ready to answer your questions. There's so, so many people are help. right, brand new in a project. They're owning their first homes. And they don't know exactly what they're looking at and mm-hmm. what they're in for. They think they do. It's really good to just ask those questions ahead of time. Yeah. Let us help you before you get into it, before you've moved past it, and you're already knee-deep in the poison ivy. Exactly. Let's stop you before exactly. you get there. And we're here to help. By all means, ask any questions you've got, and we'll walk you through whatever you need. I've got more and I think what we're going to do is we're going to just end because we, we've got to stop this yeah. segment for the radio. We're going to keep going for the YouTube one, though. Yes. So if you want to catch the whole thing, find us on YouTube right now for the radio. We're going to pause. 
When we're back, we'll be talking about cyanotype prints. Yeah. And we'll explain what all of that is in just a minute. Stay tuned. So now we get to finish with the the lessons from vacation on YouTube. Yes, the YouTube people. They're getting all the gold now. Yeah. This so my, is my primo. third point, which really is the weakest of the points, <laughs> is Save don't, the best for last. Don't feed even one seagull. Even one. It may look innocent. It may look even polite. We had one, Gus, who stopped Gus. by. Yeah, we name everything. And Gus came while we were eating pizza outside uh-huh. um, the big fort on Mackinac Island. There's the big like fort, the and then there's a great big park area down below. And there's a statue, and we sit by that statue because there's a little bit of shade there. And we got pizza boxes from the little grocery store on sure. the island. If you're on the island and you're looking for cheap food, that was the cheapest we found. They make great pizzas. Hmm. And that was Dowd's Market, I think it was. Pro Check tip. it out. Pro tip from Dan, me. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't sure how to call myself for a second. Anyway, we're eating pizza and Gus shows up. One lone seagull. We don't see any other seagulls there. It was very surprising. Yeah. And Gus was so polite. Hmm. He just wandered. He had his little arms. Well, he don't, they don't have arms. But his wings, his wings were tucked back sure. behind, like, yeah. like behind his back like a little gentleman. Yeah. And he would wander and he'd look at us and we, we tried to avoid him, you know, and don't make eye contact. So I don't <laughs> want to get attacked. I've seen the birds, sure. that yeah. movie, and yeah. I know what they do. They go for the eyes. Oh, my God. And so we're just leaving Gus alone as we eat our pizza. Well, he was so polite. He didn't squawk. He hmm. didn't do anything. He just kind of sat there. Yeah. And eventually we bonded. Yeah. I do bond quickly with sure. most creatures that Things aren't attacking me. <laughs> and when I got done, I had one little crust and I thought I'm going to just throw him a scrap. Yeah. Throw him a bone basically yeah. is what I'm going to do. There's no other seagulls around. That piece hadn't even hit the ground and we were swarmed. But I don't know where they came from, where They're they were like hiding. Up above. Yes. I bet waiting we had for the moment. 20 seagulls descend upon us. It literally felt like the birds. The kids were starting to holler at the, the girls, <laughs> Hannah especially. Are they going for my eyes, Dad? I said, they will. So look out. That's oh their first point of attack. And so we're freaking out. Gus, he got his little piece and went away. Stan was another was one of the other seagulls that he stayed longer than everybody else. He drove Gus away. Stan was not polite, not like Gus at all. He's the bully. Yeah, he chased the other ones away, and then I've never seen a seagull do this, but he would squawk, you know, and, and, sure. and scream at the yeah. sky in yeah. rage. But then he was, so, he was so mad at us, I thought. That's all I could think. He would look at the ground, like put his face straight into the ground yeah. and scream as loud as he could oh straight into the ground. <laughs> and then he'd put his head in the air and just keep screaming at the sky. Wow. So mad. Yeah. Okay. Serious rage. Don't feed even one seagull. How in the world, how in the world do we make that into home improvement DIY tips? I feel like the seagulls are like it's like our inner seagulls. Don't you know, like don't feed, it. feed your inner seagulls. Which means what, Haley? You had such a brilliant answer for this. <laughs> Cuz I pitched it and I said, "I know there's a lesson here, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. I know it's something about following distractions, how seagulls are thieves." Right. How they steal stuff, they want to steal. Your, well, like maybe it's like taking your time, Stealing right? Our and time. I think that when I get home, you know, I have a project that I'm working on. We all know that I'm working on my garage mm-hmm. renovation. And I try to work on a little bit, you know, at least 20 minutes a day, just go in there and work on something. Some days it's very hard, though. I'll get home and I'll eat dinner. And then I, the seagulls you know, show I, up, I, the, the distractions. Seagulls, yeah. 
I just, I'll just watch an episode, just one You're gonna episode, feed just to Gus. digest. Right. And then, you know, I just get sucked in. I'm never going to leave. Yeah. So nothing gets done that night. So don't feed your inner seagull. Just right. I, I've had it with- Don't give in. I, I'm looking up a project. How do I do such and such? Mm-hmm. And I watch the little video and I'm, you know, I'm in, encouraged, you know, sure. to get out there, energized, to get out there and tackle it. And stupid thing throws a recommended video at me that's interesting. Well, I'll just watch this quick recommended sure. video from the YouTube, you know. Maybe and then you're just down the rabbit hole. And then, yeah, before you know it, it's too late to get out to the garage and do the work that I was going to do. Yeah. Really frustrating. The other thing I have, my seagulls aren't necessarily inner. <laughs> They've come out. My seagulls are that I, I chase down other aspects of other projects. Hmm. I will start something. And I will get really, you know, starting to pick up steam on it. Yep. And I'll go down to the basement to get a, a tool, let's say. Sure. Just to make this simple. This happens all the time. I'll go get a hammer. Well, I can't find the hammer because the workbench is a mess. Yeah. So now, somehow, my brain shuts up. off and I'm just going to clean this mess up. I'm going to chase this down. Yeah. Well, then eventually I find the hammer in the cleaning. Oh, oh, that's right. I've got that other thing up going up. And then, you know, that's kind of making a little bit of an exaggeration, but- that kind of thing happens. I chase down other projects, yeah. and I yeah. don't end up completing the one that so I started all the time. now you've got like a dozen half-finished projects. All these seagulls that are squawking, yeah. and they don't ever shut up. So now you've got 12 <laughs> things nagging at you. Just screaming into the ground. I was way better dealing with one nagging little thing, yeah. which was Gus, who yeah. was actually pretty decent. Yeah, he was just polite. playing on my guilt a little bit. Yeah. One project playing on your guilt is one thing. Mm-hmm. Start a bunch of them. And now all of a sudden you got a whole flock that's nagging right. at you, and then things shut down. Or like Haley said, Haley's take on this. I think it's inner. It's the inner seagulls yeah. for her. Yeah. Either way, we know everybody's covered with seagulls. <laughs> you figure out whether they're in you or outside of you, <laughs> oh and you deal with them. Just don't feed them, uh-huh. right? Not even one. Not even one. Okay. Lessons from vacation. The extended take on the YouTube. We're still going to take a break. Yeah. We'll still come back and talk about cyanotypes. And I don't have my picture to, to show everybody right off the bat. It's we'll really, on the really super cool. You're going to want to check that out. That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, let's talk about cyanotype prints. Yes. C-Y-A-N-O type prints. And it's a photographic process. It's very old, like 170 years old. Right. I didn't actually realize that. I've known about cyanotype prints since I was a kid and, you know, did it as a kid with my mom. Had no idea that they were that old and had no idea the history of them, which is so interesting. Like blueprints. That's where the term blueprint comes from, because cyanotypes are a monochromatic blue and white photographic process. And one of the very first uses for the cyanotype process, because it was so cheap and so easy, was to either copy notes or to make copies of schematic drawings, which we now call blueprints, even though we don't even use the same process anymore. Right. We still have hung on to that classic blue and white image. Right. So basically, they would just draw out the image or the print on some sort of relatively transparent paper. Right. And then they lay that over paper that is treated 
with the proper chemicals to create this cyanotype. Yep. And then they expose it to the sun and the sun goes through the transparent parts of the paper. It's yeah. blocked by the opaque lines and the opaque lines show up as white lines. And everything that's exposed to the sun on the final print right. is all a really, really vivid Prussian blue, I think it's called. Yeah, they're beautiful. And you can make really interesting images with them. Another one of the very first um, uses for this type of photographic process was categorizing and cataloging seaweed. Algae, yes. yes. Anna Atkins, uh, the very basically. very first female photographer. First female photographer because she used this process. Right. And yeah, she took seaweed, algae, the book. She's got three volumes of it. It's called British Algae. <laughs> and it's fascinating, but it's beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. She'd lay whatever she found on treated paper or whatever, expose it to the sun, rinse it out. You get this really classic blue with the white wherever the algae was laid right. or whatever. And yeah, she's got this whole book that she makes out of these. It was the very first book of photographs, actually, which, you know, is really cool. Really cool. Super fun. And Haley sent us off on a mission, my family, with mm -hmm. cyanotype fabric. Yes, pre-treated pre fabric. Pre-treated fabric, ready to make all kinds of amazing things. I was really excited for you guys because I had done this on my vacation recently with my mom. And like I said, I had done these as a kid and it had probably been, it's been since then that how, I've... How did this even happen? I mean, how did your mom stumble into this? I guess it's an old process, so it's not like it was They make hidden. sun I just kits. never heard of it. Yeah, I think that's actually the brand is Sunkit. And it's really, you know, small square pieces of paper that come in a pack that are maybe $5. They're super inexpensive. And they used to sell these in places like Michael's or, you know, craft stores. Mm -hmm. But I can't find them anymore. I think you can purely find them online at this point. But she had probably been searching around for something easy and fun to do with me. Something to keep you busy. Yes, exactly. And so, yeah, I remember we spent an afternoon where we laid out this paper in the yard. You know, beforehand we had collected some things like flowers and leaves and things like that. And we had laid all this stuff out on the paper in the sun, mm -hmm. left it for maybe 15 minutes or so or until the paper turns this kind of... Um, like bronzy gray type color. That's how you know it's done. It's fully cooked. Right. And you take it inside, rinse it out in cold water, and, and then, then you're instantly left. instantly it turns blue. Yeah. You throw it in the cold water, and the blue comes instantly through. Pro tip. Oh, pro tip. Yeah. I haven't told you about this yet. If you add a little bit of um, peroxide to the solution, yeah. it'll actually make the whites even brighter. Oh, like really? Like instantly. And you get a deeper blue. Well, so, I, as somebody who injures himself on a regular basis, have an abundant supply of peroxide. <laughs> so that would have been good Perfect. to know, Haley. <laughs> so I'm going to get whiter whites. Yes, whiter whites and bluer blues if you add a little bit of peroxide. But anyways, yeah, I'd done that as a kid and remembered it. Haven't done it since then, really. But I was reintroduced to the process when I took that class at Oxbow in Saugatuck. We've talked about that on the show before. And we were making stationery that day, and we were using this process. And I was surprised even there how many people had never heard of this process well, before. Well, that, that is interesting because you're at uh, you know, an artist mecca, art. right? Yeah. <laughs> and you were saying there were people there who... Were artists, you know, there for a residency, who were printmakers even, that had not heard of this process before, had not done it. And so we invited them to join us. But 
it's just, it's so satisfying. It's so inexpensive. And so I did this on vacation with my mom. You snagged some pieces or exactly. parts or whatever you needed. And, and you had a good experience reliving your childhood I did. with your mom. Yes. We collected some things on the hikes that we went on and then spent an afternoon making these prints. And I, I don't know, it served two purposes. We were doing an activity together, but we were also collecting things from our vacation to make these prints with and then have something that will last forever to hang on our walls. So that was our experience as well. Like we said, you sent us with a packet. We had fabric, Mm -hmm. treated fabric. So primo stuff. Even cooler. Yeah. Yeah, Haley really dropped the big bucks on us. (laughs) And we went out there and my daughter, Hannah, especially, you know, this is right up her alley. She loves this kind of thing. And she was very excited to go walking in the woods, find different, you know, examples of things that she could press and then put on the paper and exposed to the sun and get who knows what from it. And I remember um, the first few days that we went on the walk, Hannah was, of course, too tired. She had played too hard at other she parts of the her day. Naps. Yeah, yeah, she wanted to rest. <laughs> and so we all went and we were supposed to collect stuff for her. But that kind of feels like servanthood. She was sourcing out her yeah. collection. Yeah, her art. <laughs> she has other people do it. Other people do that. Yeah. That's anyway, true. we did. We gathered some stuff, but when Hannah got that, she realized she wanted to go get her own. So she yeah. goes out one of the days, she saves up her energy, gets out there. First thing she grabs is something that one of the kids tells her is poison ivy. Oh and that almost gosh. derailed the entire thing because Hannah gets, well, there's a bit of a drama queen in Hannah. She gets it from me. <laughs> <laughs> she has an instant reaction that she holds on to for a long time. Yeah. So she was very worried for a very long time that she was now covered in poison ivy. Oh my gosh. Once we got over that, though, she collected fern fronds and all kinds of Queen Anne's lace and all kinds of different samples of stuff. Then we get back, and now she's really excited to do this. So she breaks the stuff out of its little light, light sealed bag. Right, right. Yeah. It comes in special protective bags. She breaks out her piece. Puts it on the ground. She's got instructions from Haley that it's supposed to be done at noon. Right. Did you tell her noon? Yes, I told her Thank noon you. because the sun has to be high in the sky so you don't get shadows. Yes. So Hannah tells me, Haley said we do this at noon. And I, I said, well, it's 1140. It's noon. You know, that's that's basically noon. She says, somebody Google what noon is. And then... <laughs> Turns out Google says that noon is noon, you know, 12. And we had to wait. And I said, but Hannah, she said, but Haley said, now you know how I stand. That is awesome. How you stand in their their ideas. Anyway, finally it gets to be close enough to noon for Uh Hannah to actually let me do this. And we put the piece down. She puts her palm frond on it, or not palm frond, frond, fern frond on there and gets amazing results. Exposes it for about 15 minutes to the sun. Then we take it in. It bronzes, like you said. Mm-hmm. We take it into the trailer, rinse it all off, and she's got this beautiful print. It's yeah. amazing that she produced this. And then instantly, she's off and running. Oh, yeah. I because can... it's such instant gratification. I mean, these take 15 minutes, and you have a print that looks like it was done by a professional, right? That's the thing that was so fun about this is seeing how good the piece was when it was done. You know, and she was able to get amazing stuff. It didn't look cheap. It didn't look like something that right. a little kid did. Hers looked better than mine, which is disappointing. You know, <laughs> I thought I was going to nail it. And, you know, but the, the, the really cool thing is just that it was so inexpensive that even when I didn't nail it. It's OK. It really didn't matter to me all that much. Right. Well, I think that's why 
I don't know. It's not why I love it so much, but it's one of the reasons that it's so cool is that it does lend itself to experimentation because you're not making this giant investment in like these crazy professional art supplies and this really long process that's extremely skilled. Like there's so much investment when it's that level. But with this, it's a $20 investment and it takes 15 minutes and you can be anyone, any skill level. And like you said, kids are probably going to be better at this than adults. Why? Why are they going to be better? I think because they're more most open. Children. What? Yeah. I'm open. New ideas. I'm always asking for new no, ideas. You do right? have a lot of ideas with this. And I'm excited to talk about all of your ideas because it really. Oh, I think you're not been, joking? No, I'm not joking. Oh, I thought that was a setup. <laughs> Oh, I, I was not expecting that. I'm so not used to that. <laughs> okay, keep being nice. Tell me more about my well, new ideas. You've, you've no, my, the I flow have... of consciousness. <laughs> I want to be critical again. <laughs> I do have ideas. And I yes. think that I, I want to put a pause on this because I, I think we, we don't have time to keep going. On the other side of the break, let's talk about some of those ideas because there's an entirely other side of this that we haven't even talked right. about yet. That will open it up even further. All right? Yes. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about cyanotype prints and why you need to be doing this right now. ASAP. <laughs> it's commanded to you by the Repcolite Home Improvement Show. We'll tell you more about that in just a minute. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repcolite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and Haley, we're talking about cyanotype prints. C Y A N O T Y P E prints. Wow. I think I got that right, yes. didn't I? <laughs> I think so. I was going through it in my head. Yep. Yep, you nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. So go and if you if you didn't catch last segment, you know, we tried to explain it. It's it's a printing process, a photographic printing process. Yes. Basically, you're making your own photographs to some extent mm -hmm. using found items that you just lay on top of pre-treated, specially treated paper. or fabric. Right, or fabric or whatever. Expose it to the sun and then rinse it clean after about 15 minutes of exposure and you end up with this. Blue and white image. It's monochromatic. They're really beautiful. You know, a a blueprint doesn't do it justice when you hear those words. So I really highly encourage everyone to look online, figure out what we're talking about, or tune into the YouTube version of the show so you can see the visuals. But yeah, it's a it's very cool process. Really cool process. The thing we really like most about it is that it's so accessible. You know, we tried to yes. get across some of that in the last segment, and I don't know if we did or not, but I want to recap that. My kids had so much fun with this really, really cheap packet. You know, basically twenty dollars mm -hmm. to get ten sheets of pre-treated paper, and there's way cheaper ways to go. Yeah, yes, there are. And they've had so much fun coming up with ways to create art by laying different pieces on this. Okay, do we lay this fern frond on there? What about this fern frond that we've got? That's hard to say fast. Fern frond. Fern frond. Yeah, this fern frond that we've got that has kind of curled and gotten all crispy. You know, all the pictures that you see online are fern fronds that are really nice and pristine and, and flat. flat. Right. Yeah, they look beautiful. Well, we have a little shriveled one. <laughs> and Hannah wanted to toss that out and go get a pristine one. Right. And I said, no, after a lifetime of being the person not chosen for whatever team. Oh, wow. Choose the shriveled one. Choose you know, maybe the underdog. Cool. And so we laid this little shriveled fern frond on the paper, exposed it, and 
It's I amazing. I think it's the coolest one out of the bunch. I'm holding it up for the people on YouTube. Yep, she's got it upside down. She's got it right side up. <laughs> Why is it cool for the radio people? For the radio people, like we said, the ones that are flat and laid on the paper are very crisp images. It's a very stark white print with the dark blue background. The curled one, because it's lifted off the paper in certain areas, it creates lighter blues in the midst of all that yeah. dark blue and white. So now this. you have a true monochromatic rather than just pure white and pure blue. You've got a dynamic image. It almost has some movement to it now, right. too. So I think it's more interesting to look at. It's really, really cool. And we did that in 15 minutes. And it's right. something we could put on our wall. It's that cool. So let's talk about what other people, you know, people out there in Radio Land. Radio what Land. can they do with this stuff? And what what... What do we recommend? Let's start with the pre-treated papers and stuff. Pre-treated paper and fabric, I mean, you've got a variation of sizes, but any size can be framed, right? So this is a really inexpensive way to make really high-end looking art for your walls. I mean, on a budget, this is a great DIY project. Really great. And yeah, we did that on the vacation. And now we've got, you know, I love this because the kids all, I think all kids, are all about souvenirs. Yes. And As an adult, I am all about souvenirs. Oh, you are. See, yes. once it became my coin that was uh -huh. buying the souvenirs, now I start gauging the quality of the souvenirs. <laughs> These are all junky things. Yeah. I'm not going to throw money at them. And I don't want them in the house. You know, I've got standards. You do this, have standards. This turned out to be something perfect. Mm -hmm. It looks great. It's a memory. It's a whole process, you know, and a whole right. experience. It was an experience, that's yeah. That's recorded in this that they will remember forever because we remember the poison ivy freak out. <laughs> we will always remember that. Every time we see this fern frond on the wall, we'll remember the freak out about poison ivy. How perfect is that? That's hilarious. And we had frames at home. You know, I happen to have 8 by 10 a whole bunch of cheap plastic frames that were oh, used sure. for another something else in the house before I had as high a standard as I do now. Mm. But I was able to paint those up. We use sticks uh, from Inselex. It's a primer. Bonds to everything. We've talked about it on the show before, but you can put it on backsplash tile or whatever. I mean, it yeah, bonds to everything. Whatever. And I put that on the plastic frames because normally... Paint does not paint, want to stick yeah, to plastic. Yeah, paint wouldn't bond to that. Painted them up. Now I've got you know these great frames. I've repurposed them, or I've not really repurposed them, but I've brought them back to life. I've yes. resurrected them. Yes. That's even better than repurposing. I think so. But anyway, we've got vacation memories and stuff like that. And that's just doing one thing with them, you know, making right. prints out of them. You talked about at the beginning making stationery out of them. Right, yeah. And with this, I'd almost recommend going to a different process that we haven't discussed yet, but... You could use just the paper that you get pre-treated, 8 by 10 or smaller. You know, there are different sizes. You could make envelopes even. You know, mm -hmm. you can fold your own envelopes and make envelopes out of this too. So Paper airplanes? <laughs> origami? Origami like a could goose. be cool. I wonder what it would look like if you'd fold the origami first oh, and, and then, then put it outside. And that's what's really cool about this is there's so many what ifs, I wonder ifs. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, it's so inexpensive. You can buy a pack of 50 little pre-treated papers yes. and just kind of test some processes. You can do that for 19 bucks, 14 bucks in some cases. Well, it's so intuitive at that level too. Like when you lay this paper down, I don't know. You talked about how when Hannah started making this stuff, you could like see her thought process as she started laying, you know, the fern down or she grabbed the butterfly net and 
just the experimentation and like automatic inspiration of the process because it's so easy, it's so accessible, so quick that you can make mistakes and not feel bad about it or self-conscious, you know, opens all of that up because... She was watching, yeah, I was telling Haley about that, you know, before we even went on air, right when we got back from vacation about how Hannah would test things and she does exactly what Haley said on the first one. And then already on the very second one, yeah. she's adjusting based on what she's seeing. Really, really cool. So if you're going to get those papers, we'd recommend that just to try the process. Right, exactly. Now you can brainstorm and you can test things and see what it will do. And you'll produce lots of really cool, really fun stuff. It's great yeah. for kids, anybody, anybody. If you're going to do that, one of the things, I really the only supplies you need would be the pre-treated paper. And then also sometimes they recommend plexiglass or glass, mm -hmm. you know, a piece that will lay on top of the items that you place. Yeah, if it's any kind of breeze place. and you have a light, you know fern frond on top of the paper it's yep. gonna move a little so this will keep it nice and flat right if you're looking for that really crisp right. image you need that i didn't like that i like the fact that our little fern frond was bending and twisting in no, the breeze I agree. I and we got a little a cool bit of look. motion on the on the actual image when it was done so right. let's talk about something even cooler so yeah. that's the pre-treated stuff what about when you can you can buy the chemicals themselves yes it's a two-part mix yeah, it's just like a two-part solution. You mix together equal parts, and you know you want to wear gloves when you do this. They are chemicals. Don't drink it. <laughs> Don't drink no. it. No, it might look like that yellow Gatorade color, but it's not Gatorade. Right, it's actually poisonous. <laughs> Don't want to mess with that. So be careful. Don't yes. use it around kids or leave it in the hands of kids. Use a disposable, you know, solo cup or something. Mix it in there, and then really you just need like a chip brush that we would sell at Repcolite. You know, normally we'd recommend those for sample pints because they're so inexpensive or even the little foam brushes. Mm -hmm. But you would paint the solution onto a piece of paper, clothing, fabric, anything that'll absorb the solution essentially. You let it dry and you have to make sure you're doing all of this in a dark room because this is light sensitive solution. As soon as you start exposing it to light, it's gonna turn into an image that's stable and you're not going to be able to put anything on that piece of paper and so get an image still. the first trick is painting in the dark. Yes. You paint by feel, <laughs> but once you got that down, think how often you can use that. No, you'd probably want to use a red light bulb yes. or something like that, like yes. they would in a dark room. Exactly. You can get that. That's really easy. Get it painted. Let it dry in a dark space. Mm -hmm. Leave it in a dark space until you're ready to use it. Yep. Then you break it out, and who knows what you could do. There's all kinds of things. We were brainstorming. Haley, you mentioned clothing and stuff like that. Yeah. Like a lampshade. Lam yeah. We were <laughs> talking about this and right next to me in the studio, there's a fabric lampshade. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I could paint that with cyanotype solution and make a print on there. You could do it with pillowcases, you know, a, a light blanket, curtains. You could make your own rug. You, you were talking about painting it on a drop cloth material. Yeah. I thought about buying, we have great big drop cloths in the stores. We've got five by five drop drop cloths, canvas ones. We've got four by 15 foot runners, canvas runners. And I thought that would be really cool because mm -hmm. that little kit that we talked about in the beginning, you know, there's all kinds of different sizes, but one particular one that I spotted was enough to do, I think it was 68 60. by 10 pieces of paper. Right. So you can do a, a fair amount of area for $24 is what that cost. So for 24 bucks, I could cover my four by 15 drop cloth or a good it's part really of that cool. and really create 
you know, large scale art, large scale art. Yeah, really, really cool stuff. And if I tested it on my papers and stuff like that on the the really inexpensive mm-hmm. media, man, I, I'm going to know what I'm doing and really bring that to this bigger piece. Well, we've talked about in a previous segment all the uses for drop cloths, and I think we talked about how you could make a tablecloth out of a drop cloth or, or a, runner. a runner for your floor hallway with a drop cloth. You know, there are so many inexpensive uses, or I guess there are so many uses for this inexpensive process it's kind of limitless. It really is. And, uh, you know, I really don't know how to wrap it up. I guess the wrap up is just to say it's so inexpensive. It's so accessible. You don't, you know, we can go to Art Prize or, you know, you see great art and you see what people have accomplished and you think it's really great. You'll love it, but it's not something I can do. At least that's how I look at it a lot yeah. of times. And I don't know that it loses some interest for me, but it doesn't suck me in because it's just so out there. It's not something I can ever attain. So I'm amazed. You can't relate to it as much. Maybe that's what it boils down to. But when I saw this and I get my brain moving on it, I can produce something almost as cool as what I've seen at Art Prize. Sure. I can do it. I can do it with the stuff I've got at home. I don't need special training or anything. You don't need a special studio. It's just about being creative, about asking questions. You know, I'm thinking about putting it on some paper putting some pieces on it and then seeing if I can move that or maybe putting it out on a cloudy day where the exposure is slower. Exactly. And maybe I can move it and actually track movement or see what happens with that. What do the shadows do as I move this piece around? I don't know what's going to happen. I just think it's really interesting to ask. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, art prize and seeing things there and thinking I could never do that. And that's one of the things that I find so depressing about the way that art is taught in schools, potentially, because I do think that people leave school just as kids thinking, I'm not an artist. I'm not good at drawing, you know, and that's what defines being an artist is whether you're good at drawing or not. And that's how many times haven't you heard somebody say, well, I can't even draw a stick figure. Or so I'm not I can't an even draw a straight line. Right. <laughs> and yet that doesn't have to be it at all. No. I mean, it does not take someone that can draw to place an object on a piece of paper and you're still making art. That's the same thing. You know, found object art is just taking an object and putting it in a different context on top of a pedestal. You're still an artist. You don't need to have any drawing skills at all. So don't let that define what you can do creatively. This is for everyone. Yeah, it's really cool. Definitely check it out. We're going to put links in the show notes. Like we said, super easy, any age. The results Still are going to be them. great no matter yeah. who does it. And Haley's already told us that the kids are going to beat the grownups at it, right? <laughs> yes. All right. I don't know if that's so, but it's certainly possible. All right. We're going to take a break. When we're back, we're going to be talking about paint, but we're also, more importantly, more excitingly, mm-hmm. excitedly. It more, could be. Oh, it's I was exciting. really building to a really good, <laughs> and I just fell straight on my face. Even We're more exciting. We're giving away $1,500 in prizes, so you're going to want to hang out. Well, we're going to start the, the contest. Yeah. Okay, we're not giving them away today. No, not we're gonna today. We're going to tell you how you can win, and that's all next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and Haley, we've got to explain our contest. It's, I don't think it's complicated. No. There are just so many ways to enter. Yes. That it really is going to feel kind of complicated. Right. So just ride with us. Put on your thinking caps because it's worth it. 
And what we're going to be doing, we, we talked about it at the beginning of the show, but we're giving away $1,500 in Benjamin Moore paint. Right. But How we're going to divide that, that up between yeah. 10 different winners. Exactly. So 10 people will win $150 gift certificates for Benjamin Moore paint. Right. We wanted to do it that way because we wanted to make the prize as big as we could and spread it as far as we could and still have it be a good amount. Yes. We wanted more people than just the normally one or two. Right. Just kind of increases your odds, like spread the love a little. Well, I you feel know? like Mr. Moneybags when we're handing out 10 prizes. <laughs> That's really cool. And we also, I hope we have time in this segment. Otherwise, we'll hit it in future episodes and explain mm-hmm. this more. But the 10 people who win right. will then enter another level of the contest where they will compete against each other. For the grand prize. Oh, and that's going to be cool. Over $1,000 for the one person in that grand prize. So you want to win. Over $1,000 worth of brushes. No, No. it doesn't have to be that. (laughs) We've got all kinds of- I I know, I know. (laughs) Haley reacted with terror. No, it's going to, we've got all kinds of cool stuff. It's a really great prize. All of it is really fun. Yes. So let's talk about how you get entered and all of that. But before we even get to that, let's just talk about the inspiration for the contest. And it's your house and your situation. It's all about me. It is. It's It's all all about about Haley. (laughs) Now, I've been in my house for about a year now. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of talking about all the different projects that I've covered in that amount of time. You know, I've repainted the living room and the bathroom and the dining room. And, you know, I redid the sunroom. Painted the doors. Tackled your garage. The turned garage, that into a studio or at yeah. least in the process Stained of. Stained the deck. I mean. A lot of stuff. ton of stuff. One room is noticeably absent from that list. Uh, it's the kitchen. And it's a big room. It's a big one because it, it's like the butterfly effect in the kitchen. It's like if you touch the cabinets, you're doing the counters, you're doing the backsplash. Now you're looking at the flooring. I mean, it's just, it's a huge expense if you're really going to make your dream kitchen happen. Right. And I know that is not possible now. No, no. I'm really disappointed in you because, yeah, you said all kinds of stuff about a butterfly effect. I thought you were going to say, you were going to use my phrase. The butter zone? That the the kitchen is the butter zone (laughs) of the home. And I was so proud of you. And then you went a whole other direction. But we're going to bring it back to the butter zone because that's what the kitchen is. You know, it's the hub of everything. And right. if that's not great, you're experiencing it right now. The rest feels not quite as nice. It, and by contrast, traveling through it all the time it feels so much worse too. Because all these other rooms look really nice. Now it's like exactly how I wanted it. That's mm-hmm. my vision. And then it's like a whiplash when I walk in the kitchen because it's nothing. Nothing is the way that I want it. And I've decided now that really, just to get myself a little bit closer, you know give myself some happiness before I can make my dream kitchen happen. I'm going to paint the walls. I'll paint the cabinets. Just changing those two colors is going to do a lot for me. It mm-hmm. might not get me to a perfect kitchen yet, but it'll get me through. But we were thinking, based on all of that, yeah. that if we would create a contest where, you know, like we were saying, as many people as possible, so 10 people could win enough paint to do a project like that. Right. What a difference that would make. We know right. what things are like with inflation and all of that. We've, we've got our money going a million different directions. Yeah. And to put it into a home project isn't yeah, it's really hard. always the thing that we want to do at this point or can do. And we thought, you know, just like you're experiencing with the kitchen, mm-hmm. other people have butter zones in other rooms where yeah. that room really drags down how they feel about the house. Right. And if they could get that room just looking good again. Right. 
think how much better they're going to feel. So if that's you, if you've got a butter zone <laughs> that needs to be improved, you need to really take it to like real butter. You know, not margarine zone. Right. You're you want to the, the real true stuff. butter zone. <laughs> you're going to want to be a part of this contest. So let's talk about how you enter. Like we said, there's going to be 10 winners. Right. It's going to be $150 gift certificates to Benjamin Moore Paint for Benjamin Moore Paint from any Repco Lighter Port City Paint right. store. Yes. This isn't just across the board, any Benjamin Moore dealer. It's just us. Yes. So 10 winners. That's what they're winning. How do we enter, Haley? So first way you can enter is right now you can email radio at repcolite.com. Tell us what your next project is. You know, mine's the kitchen. Tell us about your kitchen. Tell us about the bedroom, the living room, whatever your next project is. We want to hear about it. And we don't need a story. You can just say the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, you could. If you want to tell a story, I'm all for that, too. I love Make a story. it really good. <laughs> so anyway, that's one way. Email radio at repcolite.com. Tell us what your next project is. We're going to draw a winner from that group randomly, yep. 10 winners from that group on September 1st, and we'll announce on September 3 who those winners are. Yep. And then we'll talk about the next stage of the contest. But there's way more ways to enter. Yes, because we're not drawing that winner, like you said, until September 1st. So you have a lot of time still to get some entries in, and throughout the next week, we're going to be posting both on Instagram and Facebook about this contest. On those posts, you can comment, again, telling us what your next paint project is, and that will, again, enter you to win the $150 worth of Benjamin Moore paint. Now, can you do this multiple times? You can enter multiple ways. Yes. So you've got multiple opportunities yes. to enter. There's one more way. So you've got radio at RepcoLite.com. You've got the Facebook page. You've got Instagram. Yep. And you've got the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show YouTube channel. Yes. Go there. Find this episode, this segment, and in the comments... Again, just tell us what project you're working on. Mm -hmm. All right? That's how you get entered. You've got till September 1. Go to repcolite.com for more info. That's all the time we've got, Haley. We're going to have to wrap it up. All right. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.